you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we clean up side quests in the Sun Steps, help the people of Freeheap, and discover the cause of Glinthawk attacks on Pitchcliff. Welcome to episode 23 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. And I'd like to welcome any new listeners and welcome back any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for coming and checking out Lightkeeper Protocol. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game, of course. So uh, we'd love to have you join us on our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord, uh, where we have channels dedicated to this show on Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. So uh, we'd love to have you there. So on our last episode, we uh, talked about the Rust Wash and Sunfall. And uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to talk about with the Rust Wash, except the few quests that you do get from uh, from Sunfall. So we we covered all those, including the one that we felt should have been a main quest with Vanasha, and uh, how much we're looking, hopefully, looking forward to seeing her seeing her in uh, Forbidden West. But on this episode, we will be talking about the area known as the Sun Steps, which is actually a pretty large area. It's actually a pretty large area, um, and it's pretty spread out. But there are some. I think a good portion of the area is taken up by that canyon that has like the tramplers and the uh, thunder jaws in them. Yeah, I feel like I didn't walk through. There's a lot of places I miss, like Free Heap. Like I, I never went up there naturally. I, I kind of went there because I knew there were quests up there. It's just such a right. big area, and it's kind of scary to traverse because it's just open with a lot of big enemies. Yeah, there's like Stormbird. There's an Ace Stormbird. Like I said, there's Thunderjaws. Yeah, it's a pretty big game. And you're right. That you, there's nothing in the game that really takes you there. I kind of feel like that, like a good portion of the map did not get good use. Like the Sun Steps, there's no reason to go there. Like you can run kind of through it and get to Pitchcliff, but there's nothing else drawing you there. Uh, the area known as Valley Meat, there's nothing that happens there at <laughs> all. You can completely miss it. Like you don't have to go there. I whatsoever i don't think i did at all because i i was at the point where i'm like i don't feel like getting every single everything and i didn't go through valley meat at all yeah i mean the only reason you go to some of these places is, is, is if you're trying to get every campsite which i'm pretty sure there is an achievement for mm-hmm. but if you're trying to get every single campsite then yeah you're gonna do this but other than that I'm pretty sure the Sun Steps area, there's a lot of things that can be missed. Uh, there's one quest that we're not going to talk about today called uh, Acquired Taste, and you get it at Bren's house. And I, and I believe it might be the most missed quest in Horizon Zero Dawn because there is absolutely no reason to go there besides to get the campsite. The only reason I knew about it is because you told me about it. And the only reason I went to the house is because I saw it on the map and I pinned the area and I was like, I got to go here for this quest. And that's yeah. it. Uh, online, 
when the game first came out, I mostly saw people saying, I only went and got this quest because I was trying to get all of the fireplaces and then, or campsites, and then, oops, right. there's a side quest here. Yeah, it shows up as you get close to it. So, yeah, it's it's definitely odd that they would do that. But it's an interesting quest, and it's a quest that I feel like to get the to get the full understanding of it, to get the full breadth of it, or at least to have a conversation about it, you kind of need to beat the entire game and the DLC and understand. Get a, I wouldn't say a complete understanding of what's happening, but at least as much information as they can give you. So, uh, but the Sun Steps, there is uh, there's a tall neck there, and it's kind of in a unique area. Like, this is a unique tall neck area. Uh, I don't know what the Eclipse were trying to do here, but it's like, it's a large area and it's controlled by the Eclipse, right? And the area is so large that you can kill one group of Eclipse in plain view of another group of Eclipse and the other group of Eclipse will not alert. Like, they won't notice that you're there. That's how big the area is. Yeah, which was frustrating because it's very easy to get a gun and kind of shoot everyone. But like sometimes they hide behind things and they're not aggroing. I'm yeah. like, please. <laughs> <Get your laughs> Run to me, out. please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like cover. A lot of the area has scaffolding. So there are a bunch of places for them to kind of like duck and cover and make it so that you just can't straight up shoot them. Uh, there are two corruptors here, but this is what I, the area I was talking about where. You know, I did get both corruptors to alert, and one of the corruptors was run like walking toward me, and then I saw it go like down someplace, and then I was running in the opposite direction. I just assumed it would pop up behind me at some point because I was heading toward the other corruptor, and then I totally forgot about it. And I was like, "Wait a minute, isn't there a second corruptor?" And then I looked down in the area and had got crushed by a tall neck. <laughs> That's what so happened. I- I don't know if I didn't get two corruptors or if that one was already dead or what, but I only fought one and it got stepped on. Like it didn't get stepped on and completely die. It got kicked or something because it was alert. So it was running towards me. But then I saw like a little like boom and I was like, how did it get hurt? I didn't even put any traps down over there. And then I realized after you said it, I was like, oh, it got poor boy got on, kicked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you got to watch out for the tall next man. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, you don't even have to clear this whole area because there are multiple points to get onto the tall neck. So you just kind of got to clear off the area that you're in. I hopped on the tall neck, overrode it, and then I killed everybody else from on top of the tall neck. I just shot him <laughs> as the tall neck went around. I just, I got one gun and shot because if you hit a human with one of those guns they're dead in one hit like literally one hit it took three hits i think to kill the corruptor so i just kept picking up guns and shooting everyone um so i didn't (laughs) i i killed everyone before i went on the tall neck oh yeah no i i just got on it and then killed everybody from on top of tall neck uh yes but yeah it is i think this is really the only tall neck area that has humans <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it has eclipse every every other one is guarded by like machines or something like that so i don't know if it was just a regular dig site and the tall neck was there so they just were just like okay we'll we'll uh we'll allow it <laughs> you know or because obviously there's nothing they could do about it right or were they trying to do something with the tall neck there might have been conversation because they speak and stuff i think they had conversations talking about it but I, I don't I don't remember what those conversations were. I don't think it was anything that deep. 
Nah, there was no conversations, just death with me. <laughs> well, when I woke up, there was like some some eclipse there that like weren't alerted or anything, so they were chatting with each other. Nah, I wasn't paying attention. I ran right into him. I was like, huh? He was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how that worked. Um, what else is in the sun steps? A corrupted zone, and this is a very special corrupted zone because it has not one but two corrupted rock breakers. Like, I don't even know what the devs are thinking with this. <laughs> because it is rough like this is the only one that i had the cheese to win uh when i played it on on normal before uh back like you know four or five years ago at this point it wasn't like it was still super difficult but i didn't have to cheese it this time i had no no choice but to cheese it because um if you fight on the edge of the corrupted zone they only come out so far you know and then at that point you're just dodging the rocks they throw i had no choice man like, because, you know, trying to fight, I, for a while, I was trying to fight one at a time. And then if I just got a little bit too close to the other one, it would start fighting, too. And even with the with the potion that gives you the overhealth, if they do that move and they dive on you, it's instant death, you know, for the corrupted rock breakers. Like, they do a ton. They already did a lot of damage, right? They do a ton of damage. And then they also have those really large health pools. So these fights last for a long time. Like I had a fight that lasted like seven minutes. And I I think I got one and then the other one got me. Like it just took so long. So yeah, I ended up fighting on the edge and it would only come out so far. And that's how I was able to take it down. Not to mention bring it out to the edge made it so that the other one didn't alert. And that's how I I dealt with that. Those are my strats. If you find something that's broken, abuse it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do this one. We all know I didn't do this one. Like I've said it like a thousand times. So did not touch it. Yeah. Like I I was like, I got to do it. I almost thought about because this is when we I I, I really needed to get the pitch cliff so that Mm -hmm. I could, you know, get the get that story portion done. And I almost was like, I'll come back to it. But then I was like walking. I was like, man, I ain't going to come back to this. So I just went, stayed and figured it out until I got done with it. But that is tough. That was a super tough um, uh, corrupted zone. And then even so there's like a rock mass in the middle of the zone. And I got on top of it thinking I might be safe. Like, oh, they're not going to pop through here. Nope. They will pop right through it. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Maybe because of the quest. Um where you're fighting it in that one side quest, the Vinasha side quest. Um, maybe that because that one was in the side of the mountain. That's why they didn't pop right through the mountain. Maybe. Because I would have assumed that that rock is there for safety, but I guess no, not. It is not a safety rock. No. <laughs> so um, the last thing that's there uh, in terms of the area is a uh, cauldron. There's a cauldron there. And this is the one of the it's either going to be it's like a, it can be a super fast cauldron because the only thing in there is the boss, which is a thunder jaw. Like you go in. I don't even think there's that much traversal. I mean, the outside of the uh, of the cauldron has three stalkers, I think three stalkers and a red eye watcher that you don't even have to fight. You do not have to fight those three stalkers. You can go over to the side and just climb up and get in. Uh, why are you making that face? Obviously I fought them. So here's, here's the problem. I ran to that cauldron and 
I didn't realize that like convoys were a thing. I was like, why are there arrows underneath these mobs? And mind you, I did this like really late in the game. Um, and there was a behemoth there and I didn't realize it would just pass through because it's part of oh. like a convoy. So I was like, oh God, guess I got to fight this behemoth. But part of that was a long leg. So I had to do a behemoth long leg fight. Uh, it wasn't until way later <laughs> I realized, oh, it would have moved if I just waited a bit. But then I get to the stalker fight and they weren't running into any of my traps. They kept hopping over them. And then they started stun locking me. Like I kept getting hit, hit, hit. I couldn't even move. Like they oh, wow. were destroying me because all three of them were aggro because I always mess up and aggro everything at the same time. And yeah, they just kept doing their dash move because I shot their guns off and I literally couldn't move. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I do know that you put down a lot of traps and the machines do adapt to you, like how you play. So if you put a lot of traps down, I can see them trying to avoid it. Like, that makes that makes perfect sense. Like also, like that's one specific thing a developer said, like, let's say you do a lot of like from above attacks on a specific type of machine that machine will stay away from areas where you can do those attacks. So, like, yeah, they, they do adapt after a while. But you know what they can't do? They can't dodge a terror blast arrow that they don't <laughs> know is coming. That's what they can't do. Yeah, the so. Glint Hawks haven't learned at all, so. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, but, yeah, you get into that cauldron from, like, a door up top. You walk through it a little bit, and then you see the boss. Like, you see what's coming up. And then you just go down there and start the fight. There's nothing else that comes out for this underdog. Like, I think all the other cauldrons, like a door opens and maybe another enemy comes out or something like that. Uh, but not this one. It's just a Thunderjaw. This is the video I posted on Twitter. If, well, I mean, if anybody saw it or not. I know Christina saw it. It's like I killed the Thunderjaw in like two minutes. Okay, two minutes so and 18 seconds. <laughs> that strat, that video is what kind of taught me how to fight Thunderjaws. And I actually tried to do the same thing. I got hit like twice. Uh, so yeah. I, did, <laughs> I didn't do flawless fight, but I wasn't sure if enemies would come out. So I put traps around the edges and this dummy yeah. would jump into them like the it was just <laughs> tripwire. It wasn't traps. It was just explosion tripwire. So like he hit all the tripwire. I hit him with all of the disc launchers and it was an easy fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's because it can be a super tough fight. I mean, the fact that like that. I'm pretty sure I had the Lodge Ropecaster by that point. I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't. I can't remember if I had the Lodge Ropecaster or not. But he did stay Ropecaster for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. You might yeah, have. That's all. So, that's all I did was I used the, the Ropecaster. I would freeze him. Uh, actually, no. The very first thing I did before I even Ropecast him is I took both of those disc launchers off. Because... Man, he he only needs one of them to really mess you up. Like on hard, those things do a ton of damage. Uh, so I made to get sure to get both of them off. Then I rope cast them, froze them, and then I would use the uh, the disc launchers on them. And then yeah, the whole fight was done. I, I didn't get hit not once. <laughs> that was you know. right after I did Red Mall too. So I was like, this is so easy. And I did that one before I did the one in the jewels. So I was like. Wow, this is the easiest one yet. Can't wait for the next one to be super easy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, that pretty much covers what you'll find in the Sunstep. So let's talk about the different quests you can get in the Sunstep. We'll, actually, we'll start with one that actually starts outside of 
the Sun Steps. It's a quest called An Old Acquaintance. And it's actually in Hunter's Gathering. And the only reason me and Christina knew about this quest is because we were looking for information on the Sun Karja. And somebody says that Gira says something about the Sun Karja, which honestly, I didn't, I don't. I don't do not recall a line where she talks about the Sun Karja. Oh no, way, it was the Shadow Karja before. Oh, sorry, Shadow Karja, not Sun Karja. It was the Shadow Karja, but you have to talk to her before a like a certain point in the storyline for her to say something about it. That's why. Oh, yeah, because I mean, I went to Hunter's Gathering on my way to Day Tower, and she does not have a quest available. You have to wait until after you're done with Day Tower. Right. After you get into Day Tower for the quest to show up. But the thing is, why would I go back to, there's no reason to go back to Hunter's Gathering. There's nothing that will draw you back there. So I knew about her because of that, but I would have found her on my own because I was looking for Banuke figure or Banuke. Nuke statues figures. Yeah, it was right the first figures, time. Why yeah. did I stop myself? Um, and it's like there's one right there. So when I I got it, I was like, oh, that's where she is. I wasn't even looking for her. But I I got that on my first like on my first like when I first went through there. That's the thing. When I first went through there, yeah, I got I that. It. There was zero reasons for me to go back there. Uh, to the point that I do not recall. Actually, I do believe I did it in my first playthrough because I recall I don't remember her. I remember her husband, which we'll talk about. I remember doing that part of the game. I just don't remember why I ever went back there. I do not remember why I went back there, period. Yeah, um, I uh, I picked this quest up, I want to say, pretty early to mid through the playthrough. And because nothing ever took me up to that direction, I actually didn't finish this side quest until I was cleaning up all my side quest um, before, what was the main story we just talked about where we went in Meridian and down below before we did that quest? Oh, you mean the before we went on the Sunfall and then into the Zero Dawn facility? Yeah, like as soon as we got into Sunfall... Before continuing the main story, that's when I did my quest cleanup. So, like, there is a really, this was just sitting in there for a really long time for me. Right. So, uh, yeah, so in Hunter's Gathering, you do meet Gira and you talk to her. Little Spark. Name's Jira. I run this fine watering hole. I like what you've done with the place. Something troubling you, Jira? When the Karja Fort opened, I got word that my husband had come looking for me. But only the word made it to the fort. He didn't. You have a husband? Kendrick. Beat him in an arm wrestling match. I left him behind when I left the claim. Some metal sellers passed him at the bridge near the glare break. Seeing as you drift on the wind, little spark. If I'm out that way, I'll look for him. But do you want him to find you, Jira? Ever have those mornings when you wake up without all the answers? Still, I'll be heading up to the fort to resupply. Luck on your travels. Yeah, so she runs a bar slash tavern slash tent, whatever you want to call it. Uh, she runs that in Hunter's Gathering. It's a place where you can get drinks. <laughs> and uh, Gera heard that her husband was looking for her, and he was on the way, but he never arrived. So she wants Aloy to go check up on him. And the last, you know, she heard he was at Glare Break. And uh, yeah, they both lived in a claim, but then she she left, and she left him behind. And Aloy, actually, she does ask her, does she actually want her hu- her husband to find her? 
And the answer she gets back just kind of sounds like she's not really sure if she actually wants, you know, her husband to find her or not. Um, but uh, Aloy, she goes to the bridge that Gary mentioned. Uh, Aloy, she sees his cart tracks, but no cart. So obviously she follows the cart tracks and uh, there's like supplies all over the place. You know, they fell off the cart. So she follows even more tracks and it eventually leads to a barrel of Asaram brew. And uh, Aloy can see that it rolled down a hill. So she goes up the hill and she runs into Kendert, Gera's husband. And so uh, the official story is that Kendert, he got caught in the sandstorm. At first, I thought he maybe he got attacked or something like that. But no, he got caught in a sandstorm. He tried to find shelter. It did not go well. And his stuff ended up all over the place. So he says the scrapper sap bottles are now mixed in with a herd of tramplers, which only spawn once you actually talk to him. Um, those tramplers are not there. I don't think they're there. I could have, I could have swore I saw them because I was being very careful walking up that well, there's, hill. There's also two thunder jaws there. I didn't see them until later. Really? Like they're massive. I but they're kind of in the distance. Mm. They're within oh, no, aggro sorry. range, but <laughs> you're right. The tramplers do spawn before you're correct they do spawn before you talk to him but you have to be on the path looking for him oh uh, okay okay yeah because i'm pretty sure they're not there beforehand so well, that would make sense they, i've never i was never there before that point so. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a metal flower there that's how i i got the metal flower before i actually started looking for him i was i yeah so i i was in that area got the metal flower went to the bridge started tracking him and then when I came back, the tramplers were there. So. Can I just say it's like the rudest thing ever that we had to go down there to get this stupid bottle. I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding? Do you see what's down there? And then there's glint hawks. And then I looked to my left and I was like, oh, there's two thunder jaws. That's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The audacity yeah. of be- this man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says that the bottles are worth more to uh to Gera than he is. And you know, he doesn't want to show up empty-handed. Uh he he's already in enough trouble apparently. So he has to be getting back. So I mean, you can sneak and do this. I think the first time I played, I actually s- stealthed this and I got all of the barrels. This time, however, I went to go throw a rock to make a trampler like move away and the rock hit one of its like <laughs> antlers or whatever. And it instantly was like, what? And like it didn't even give me the yellow. It just went straight to red and then all of them alerted. So I had to fight all, I think it's five tramplers. I had to fight them at the same time. Nice. You pulled a me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh man. <laughs> and then I just like, yeah, I just, I, I actually, I did pull them away from the a bit farther away from the thunder jaws because i didn't want the fight to spill over there because they are it is in plain view but you're right there is a bit of a distance and then i killed them all and i got the, the bottles so this is a funny story because i was like i'm not gonna sneak around because sneaking around makes me no- more nervous than just like fighting so i was like i make this mistake every time where i'm like oh I'll just override a few of them and then i override one and then everything aggroes and i'm like oh yeah it doesn't work that way every time every time i don't know why i can't learn uh so i override one and i'm trying to help it in battle and then a thunderjaw aggroes 
it doesn't even know I'm here. It's just fighting all the tramplers. So I'm like, I'm going to take this time to take advantage of this distraction and get all the bottles. But of course, in doing so, the glint hawks that are flying over to the right hear the commotion and start frost bombing me. And I was like, I just want to please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one big old party then. Yeah, it was a fun time. All yeah. the machines you, fought each other though, so it was good. Did you do the cauldron with the thunder draw already? Yeah. See what you could have done, if that was the case, you could have went over and override the thunder jaw, and had the thunder jaw start the fight. That's also true, but I'm very scared to get close to them, like trying to sneak up on them without shooting their cannons off. So. Uh, and there's two yeah. of them there, and there were grazers over there, whichever grazer it was at that point. There's too much right. going on in that Thunderjaw <laughs> bubble. I did not want to touch it. Like that metal flower, I was like, oh, it's right there, but do I want it? But like, they're not close enough to that to aggro right. just for me walking over there, but they are close enough to have like five. Uh, tramplers. I almost said trampeters again. <laughs> like to run over there if they see them all fighting. So right, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I thought I did bad, but you definitely did worse. So <laughs> no, we, I we, did great because they aggroed each other long enough for me to get all the bottles. That's then everything kind of went bad because then the glint <laughs> yeah. kind of just right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. After you get the bottles, Ayla, she returns to Kendrick, and he thanks her for her help. You know, he is polite, and he, you know, she asks him why he was so unprepared, you know, in traveling, and based on his response, it sounds like he was rushing. You know, he did it for love, and he says that Gira wanted to leave, uh, you know, when Gira wanted to leave, sorry, that they consulted the Elderman or Yelderman, and he won't repeat what they said, so surely it was something misogynist. Uh, Gira does tell you later. <laughs> yeah. And either way, he didn't leave with Gira, but later realized it was a mistake. And, you know, he's trying to get to her. So, you know, you tell him where Gira is. So, you know, he'll be on his way. And then Aloy does return back to Gira to let her know that she found Kendrick. Little Spark. Any sign of that man? I found him, Gira. I think you two will have a lot to talk about. I like a good story and a good drink. It's why I'm good at what I do. He's bringing you both. Kendrick wants to be with you. He regrets that he took the word of the... Yelderman? Women know their place in the claim, was their word. It's the Karja's son that bakes their brains and gives them such thoughts. That's... The tribe. You can't bear a grudge. It'd make you go mad. <laughs> My silly man. Little Spark, how can I thank you? There'll always be a drink for you at Hunter's Gathering. So, you know, Gira, so she tells Gira that uh, Kendra is sorry for not coming with her because of what the Elderman said. And uh, Gira does tell Aloy what they said. That women should know their place and the Karja Sun bakes their brain. So uh, this is actually pretty, no, this is, this is in line with what we are, we're going to learn in another, well, what we're going to hear in another quest. Uh, actually, the very next one we're going to talk about. Uh, but you know, she says, should there always be a drink for you in Hunter's Gathering? I did not see her after that. Actually, I didn't go back to Hunter's Gathering to see if they're there together and maybe talking. 
Oh, that's right. So I went back to Day Tower later because you you hand the question at Day Tower because I wanted to see them together. And I was like, where could they be? Duh, maybe I'll go back and look. <laughs> I, I want to see them together. I did talk to ba- uh, ba- Balahan. What is his name? Balin? I don't know. The guard that you talked to. Balan. There yeah. we go. I did talk to him because I was like, oh, yeah, I never talked to him after the whole Zaid thing. What happens? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, Aloy's like, yo, I did you hear what happened to your man? He's like, well, he was never yeah. my man, but yeah. Yeah. He was like, you hear what happened to your boy? Like, yeah. <laughs> he was a little salty. Yeah, he was. He's like, yeah. So you also he also says something about um, the singing guy. I forget his name. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, La La Lakir Lakir Lakir. Yeah. Lakir. Yeah. Yeah. He also does say something about Lakir. Yeah, and Aloy's uh, like, yeah, so. he has a great singing voice, and he's like, yeah, I'll have to ask him about that. <laughs> no, he said that's a lie. Like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, really, there that's we go. That. Yeah, that's a lie if I ever heard one. So. Yeah, uh, I forgot I talked to him after the fact. But yeah, I mean, that was the end of that quest. And so we're going to move on to our next side quest, which is called Heap of Trouble. It is in Free Heap, which is like a place that you just won't go. I mean, it shows up on the map once you have it uncovered. So unless you're curious about what Free Heap is or you're trying to get the the campsite, you're just not going to go there. There's no reason. So you do go to Free Heap, and you will meet Petra. <laughs> I've calluses older than you. I've calluses enough if you want to test me. <laughs> she sparks. I believe it, Flame Hair. Petra Forge Woman. Uh, Aloy, Machine Hunter. Hmm, Machine Hunter, eh? Huh. I could have a use for you. Straight of it is, we're being muscled out of our own claim. That's why I've been working on this scrap-spitting beast. It's a dispute settler. What is this place, Petra? The Free Heap. Free because we answer to no one but ourselves, the metal, and the dust storms. And the heaps back there. A scrapyard piled by Osram past from the leavings of the old ones. Breathe it in. Get the smell in you. Smoke. And sweat. <sighs> Living in the trees has dulled your senses. I could taste five metals just in my spit. So all this scrap was left by the ancients. Was it a battlefield? Hmm, stockpile maybe, or a rubbish heap. Packed so tight it all fused together. Those old ones tossed away more than we'll ever know. But don't you want to know? To understand what it all meant? Nah, some delvers spend their whole lives trying to make sense of it. Not me. What it means is there's good smelting here. Yeah, don't need to understand a forest to chop down the trees for your arrows. If you did, you'd know Ridgewood makes better shafts. <laughs> Careful, you'll scald your tongue with that fire. I don't pine for the old ones. They had their time. Their works are finished. All their inventions are under mountains now, rust on bones. My sisters and brothers of the Forge will make a new world. So you're a Forge woman. You run the Forge and the town too. The town is the forge, and everyone pulls their weight. The right way to do it, without all the Eeldermen having their say. If we were back in the claim, Osram land, three days argument anytime someone wants to hammer in a bolt. Sounds infuriating. Oh, it is. But we like arguing. You need hot air to keep a furnace burning. Still, some traditions aren't up for debate. 
I would have ended up Petra Forge wife. <laughs> How do you like the sound of that? <laughs> I don't think it fits you. Good answer. That's why I left. I was steel young from the forge then. Could make anything of myself before I cooled in my ways. So you left your homeland and came here? Went to Meridian. Everyone does. Joined the work gangs on the Great Elevator. We finished just as the Mad King got a taste for blood. So I spat and swore I'd find a place for everyone who stuck with me. We lived job to job until the war ended. Then we came upon this old Osirum camp. Long abandoned, metal piled up high. A place to start again. A place to leave my mark. <laughs> when I was your age, I thought the lasting mark came from the hardest strike. I suppose you know better now that you're an elder. <laughs> Trade secret. This weapon you're working on, I've never seen anything like it. Your design? Mm, see my face in it, can you? This one's mother helped reclaim Meridian back in the day. A job like that isn't done with strategy. Think weapon, Flamehair, it's the wielder. If that siege had touched the great elevator, they'd have answered to me. Good work, that elevator. Story in every chain link. I'll make you suffer them one day if you like. This beast doesn't have a story yet. Too heavy to carry, eats metal like a snap mall. You said you're being pushed out of your territory. Out of the junk heap. A pack of scrappers came snuffling in just after we opened a good seam of weapon parts. And now we've got a standoff with a gang of bandits at our foundry. They blockaded us out. They're sitting on our power cells. Guess they like shiny things. Well, to finish up our defenses, I need those parts and cells. In and out job. Keep your hands clean. I'm not afraid of getting them dirty. <laughs> Aren't you a blast of air from the bellows? Now, Petra, which I think her last name is Forge Woman. They have very literal, like, names there. Like, um, you find out later that Olin's last name is Delverson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you find it's, it's, it's Olin Delverson. Uh, so they have um, pretty literal last names, which uh, I guess maybe that's why... <laughs> Kiku called his ba his uh, band the Kiku's Killers, <laughs> his mercenary band, because they just have very literal names. Like, what do we do? We're, we're mercenaries. We're killers. Okay, Kiku's Killers. <laughs> you know. So, but uh, you meet Petra Forge wife. Oh no, sorry, not Forge wife. Forge, Forge woman. woman. She, <laughs> she, she said she would have been Forge later. wife. Yes. Yeah, she said she would have been Petra Forge wife. I'm curious <laughs> um, if she was just saying that as a joke, or if people do have unique last names and it's like their status. I think she was just saying it as a joke. Okay. So, but I mean, it would have been a funny last name. Not to her, <laughs> but to us. But, um, so Petra, she needs your help with getting some power cells and parts to complete a weapon she's been working on. Uh, because Free Heap has been under attack by bandits and the weapons, her answer to that. So the power cells are at the foundry, which is currently under bandit control. And the parts are in the scrapyard, which is now infested by scrappers. Because that's just what scrappers do. When they scrap, they're going to come and scrapper it up. Uh, that's what they're built for. So um, she makes it. The funny thing is, like, when it comes to the foundry, she makes it almost seem like you can stealth that part. But I don't think you can stealth that part at all because. No way. Yeah. I think there's only like one, like, really, like, realistically, one way into it. You know, there's two paths, technically speaking, but I mean, they both lead to the same place. To, that to that whole part. area was a maze. Like, I couldn't even figure out how to climb up the wall. To get to where I had to for the final power cell, I I was like, yeah. can I just take these and like use them for my 
my armor, please. That would be great. Just don't even finish this quest. Yeah, like, yeah, that was... It's super easy to kill everybody there, you know, but it's just like, yeah, once I got inside, navigating the space was uh, a bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think I spent that. more time trying to climb up the side. And then I was like, after I climbed up the side, I was like, oh, let me see if I can just like hop over this to get to the other side. And I fell. But when I fell and I hit the ground, I triggered a cutscene. So I don't know if I would have died, but because I triggered the cutscene, I still had health or like Aloy just got like destroyed by fall damage. And but it was pretty funny because she like fell as the cutscene was happening. <laughs> uh, once you kill everybody or once you get the power cell. Yeah. Oh, that's a funny cutscene to me. It was. It was because it's like, you're going to get yours and we blow into town and he zip lines away. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> like just, super was, villain style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just really funny. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but um, other than that, you have to go over to the scrapyard, but that's pretty standard. You go over there, kill some scrappers, you get the parts. I didn't even kill it. any scrappers. I went to the first one. That, the ones that are actually scrapping don't pay attention to you. So. Or at least they'll pay attention to you if you walk up on them correctly. So the one I like kind of ziplined or jumped behind and overrode him. And like, that's basically what I did the entire time. I would just override a scrapper, pick up a thing and then just keep walking. They did the dirty right. work for me. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's pretty standard affair. You can do this quest in like no time. Cause actually everything that you, every, the place you need to go is like right behind free heap. So, uh, but uh, yeah, after you, um, after you get this, all the parts, you head back to Petra and, you know, Aloy, she gives her what she needs to finish the weapon, but she tells her bandits on the way. So Petra quickly puts the weapon together, finishes it and tells Aloy to give it a try. And the weapons, the weapons like super heavy. I think it's using blast ammo, like the type of ammo you would use with the blast sling, you know, and it just sucks the ammo from a pile and then it, you know, shoots it. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. I think that it looks the same. Yeah, so, I mean, the bandits attack in waves, and then Aloy, she just uses the weapon to kill him. Like, I think, like, the, the ending thing is, like, you have to, like, make a bridge collapse onto him. Now, I will say, because I had to look at Christina's, like, playthrough of this versus mine, because I, uh, I had an issue with my recording. You had, like, one wave of enemies. You had one enemy come from the left, and then you had one wave to the right, which was under the bridge. I had six waves of enemies. Unless it's because you... I cut it. I didn't want to make you oh, watch okay. the... I'm pretty sure I cut it. I didn't want to make you watch the entire thing. But it wasn't that much. I feel like it wasn't six. Yeah, I had like five... Like they, they, uh, a few waves came from the left. Then uh, like two waves came from the left. Then a wave came from the right. And then a wave started coming from the left and the right. And then the last wave went under the bridge. Yeah, I think the same thing happened to me. I think I might have cut it because... I was very embarrassed by my shots, so I didn't want to send you the the whole thing. Yeah, so <laughs> I uh, missed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I thought there was a difference between normal and hard. So it, it, the way you cut that was actually really good <laughs> because I thought like it was directly after the cutscene. So there you go. You have a, you have a profession in audio and video editing. Oh so. yeah, I intentionally did that. <laughs> uh, so after the attack Petra you know Aloy talks to Petra again oh 
My teeth hurt from all that. That's interesting. Need a leather strap to bite down on, perhaps. We'll give those wretches a sky burial. That's fancy talk for leaving them out for the birds. More than they'd have done for us if this thing didn't work. Uh, if it didn't work? It could have not worked? It isn't finished. That's why we're testing it. Now, now, you had your Nora toys to fight with. Saying goes, you can only trust metal. But my trust was placed well in you. You're owed, Aloy Machine Hunter. I won't forget it. <sighs> Neither will I, Petra. Yeah, I mean, so essentially the day is won, and they're going to leave the bandits out for the birds. And I was thinking to myself, the only birds I have seen so far, and especially in this region, are geese. Like, they're owls <laughs> once you get to the frozen wilds. Maybe. But that's it. Maybe the geese are uh, carnivores, and they just, like, go after... They're like the vultures of the of the world. <laughs> yeah, the new, uh, yeah. Uh, who was it that was supposed to do the? Uh, well, they, they, which uh, I forget which program was supposed to take care of the animal life. Oh, it starts with an A. That's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Athenus? No, that's not right. No, I know it's not Aether. Uh, Artemis. That's what it is. Artemis. I knew it started with an A. <laughs> yeah, it definitely starts with an A, but it's Artemis. So, close. so maybe Artemis messed that up. The geese have teeth now. <laughs> you, you geese know, it's, geese it's have very serious bites. You just don't underestimate that. They are very mean animals. Oh, creatures. yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> I had to, well, well, I had to kick a goose once. It was me or him. <laughs> it was it. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't know if Jersey geese are different than other geese in other regions, but yeah, they get aggressive, man. They're very rude. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't go around kicking birds off. I'm just saying, like this one, it was me or him, me or him. So um, now you do have some additional information about Petra, uh, actually from our first conversation that we never really got into, like that weapon that she's building is like a new version or an upgrade of the weapon that they used to take back Meridian. Um, so, I mean, we had heard about one of those weapons before, and she said they built those weapons to shake the walls and turn Jiren's army, uh, Jiren's army into blood and feathers, which is funny because, <laughs> you know, the cards do dress like birds. Yeah, that's what, it, that's the consensus. That comes up <laughs> so many times and I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Especially after like, cause I, I think I mentioned it before, I had forgot to change my armor for a while. And I just ran around looking like a turkey. I think I remember when we first started recording, you're like, yeah, I have some kind of armor on that makes me look like a turkey. I don't know which one it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it worked for a while, you know, but, um, yeah, then she, you know, you do get in a conversation about whether or not she understands if she wants to understand the old ones more because they came to free heap because of all the leftover scraps so free heap was apparently a um it was a uh card not card sorry osaram settlement i'm assuming before the war and they probably you know abandoned it once the war started or once the red raid started and uh they the osaram settled there because there's just a ton of scraps so it might have been just some type of junkyard or something like that you know and, uh, yeah, she does not care about the old ones. She only cares about the scrap. She says you don't need to understand the forest to top down the trees for your arrows. But Aoi does tell her, she says, if you did, if she said, if you did, you know that Ridgewood makes better shafts. So it's like, touche. Um, 
but yeah, she says the old ones are done and their works are finished and says that the Asaram will make the new world, which goes in line with that glyph that we talked about uh, for the, about the beliefs. And we talked about that episodes ago where, where they talked about the beliefs of each tribe. So, um, and she does talk about why she left the claim that she, you know, didn't want to become somebody's wife. And uh, she did. She went to Meridian and worked on the great elevators. And they finished right before uh, Jaron started the sacrifices. So which, her group. Go ahead. I was going to say, which uh, I feel like you said that a few episodes ago, because there were Osram that were slaves. You know how that worked when someone said, yeah, I worked on the great elevators, but the Osram were slaves. But this makes sense because it finished before that happened. Right. So, yeah, all worked out, yeah. I guess. Kind so, of. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so her group just went from job to job after uh until the war was over. So I'm assuming they were dodging the Karja, dodging the Red Raids. And uh then they came across that old Osram camp and that became Free Heap. So but uh yeah, they call I think they call it Free Heap because they're free of the Elderman. Like you can kind of do not what you want, but you don't have to deal with the Elderman. Apparently they they don't seem like great people, which I, I don't think we're gonna end up we don't I don't believe we're gonna end up going to the claim with forbidden west like because the claim was north of the sun steps but we're going west oh that's true i mean i feel like this map is a pretty decent size and it can span to multiple different directions as it is it's probably the new game's gonna probably be bigger Oh, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be bigger. I just don't know, like, because it would have to not only go west, but then north and then back east, like over what we call Christmas Town and then over <laughs> the sun steps and then to get back over there. I mean, it could so, be like the size of, you know, the DLC or something. Maybe like maybe we'll go to maybe we'll go to the claim in the DLC because we're I mean, Aaron and a bunch of Osram are definitely in the next game. Like, I mean, that's what they showed that the first demo for it. If I remember correctly, they showed oh, like, I didn't the even, Osram. I didn't even. Uh... Yeah. After after everything's said and done, you know, uh, Petra says like, she says normally she only trusts metal, but she's glad she trusted Aloy and she thanks her and says she owes her. And Aloy was like, yeah, I'll remember that because this isn't my war. But she does say, I'll remember that. She doesn't say this, is, this isn't my war. <laughs> but she does say, I'll remember that. She so. should have because she keeps reminding people. <laughs> that is true. So uh, we'll move into the next quest, Hammer and Steel, which is also in Free Heap. And after you finish Heap of Trouble, you can talk to uh, Khalif or Khalif. And he is in need of some help. Are you looking for something? Can't see hide nor hair of my friends. They went after a herd of behemoths, and now they're overdue. Only seasoned hunters go after machines like that. Can't they handle themselves? It's not them I'm worried about. We need special cables from those behemoths to keep our cannons firing. If they miss the herd, Petra will hand me my hide. I never should have agreed to that trade. What trade did you agree to? Petra assigned me and Belagia the task of getting cables from that herd. But... Sure, Greece and Bellagia are meant for each other. Like hammer and steel. They just don't realize it. So I agreed to trade duties with him to, you know, hurry things along. Didn't Bellagia wonder why? It was her idea. Now I'm worried it worked too well. If they're so busy snogging that they missed a herd, it'll be my skin on the line. Where did you last see them? Right here, before they left. Off they went, arguing the whole way. 
What were they arguing about? How best to follow the herd. Sure, Grease is good with a bow, but he could get lost in his own home. What have I done? Why not explain what happened to Petra? If you want to tell Petra, be my guest. Maybe she'll blow her top at you and tire herself out before she gets to me. I would run off in search of them, but since Jor Grease took my place, I have his spot on guard duty. I can look for your friends. Where have they gone? They were headed to the Arch, northwest of here, to watch for the herd. I hope they've found their way there. If we miss that herd, we won't be able to keep our cannons firing. I'll throw myself into this fire if I've risked our freedom. Let's keep that as a last resort. I'll do what I can. Now, Kalufi's worried about his friends, Jorgiz and Baladga. Uh, he's not exactly um, worried about them. He's worried that they're going to miss a herd of behemoths that they need parts from. Because uh, Freeheap needs these special cables from behemoths that they use to help keep their fire, uh, cannons firing. So he was supposed to go out with Baladga, but he traded with Jorgiz because the two are kind of sweet on each other. And he wanted to, like, help out, you know, speed that along. But now he's worried that they're too busy snogging. That's his words. <laughs> you know, too busy <laughs> snogging. And they'll miss the herd. And that'll really make Petra angry. Plus, open them up for attack. So that's not cool. And he can't go looking for them because he's now on guard duty because he traded with Jorgiz. Uh, so um, he notes that, you know, Jorgiz is a good hunter, but he's not so great with directions. And he's probably not a good tracker. And he tells you what direction they went in. So you head off in that direction. And eventually run into them. Now, uh, in my playthrough, I talked to uh, talk to Petra after the fact. Did you talk to Petra after you talked to him? Because it wasn't in the recording. No, I didn't. Yeah, she's. I mean, she said something to the effect that she knew that those two like are sweeter on each other or whatever. Uh, but she doesn't seem too upset about it unless they don't get the cables. So, um, but yeah, you. Once you get close to where they are, you can hear them arguing, and it sounds like Jorgie's got lost. He blames himself for losing the herd, but Balaga says it was her responsibility to keep track of it. And Aloy will, of course, she offers to keep track the herd down, and you know, Jorgie says there's three behemoths and some shell walkers, uh, and it'll be difficult to go alone. So they offer to help, and you do have the option to either not have them help, like have them stay back, or you know, uh, bring them with. But you track down the herd with the focus, and as she's tracking down the herd, uh, Jorgiz and Balaga are like arguing in the back again. <laughs> Jorgiz is asking Balaga questions and she just wants them to stop. She's like, oh my God, will you stop asking me questions? And Aloy and said, Aloy, if you guys don't shut up, I'm going to pull this car over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, I'm going to spit fire. And she just basically breaks the whole dang thing down. She like, tells Balaga that Jorgiz is asking questions because he likes her and he lost the horde. Oh, sorry, lost, lost the herd because he wanted to spend more time with her. Which actually seems a little strange because she wasn't able to pick up on the fact that Aaron was hitting on her earlier. So for her to be able to pick up on his intent that he lost the hurt, the hurt on purpose, you know. She did have context, though, before she ran into this. So she knows that he has no navigational sense because the right. other guy said he can get lost in his own home. Yeah. And so he is the one that's trying to track the herd. If he took that over because that was her responsibility, then he intentionally lost them. So right. okay. she, she does have the context there. I will say I can tell from afar when someone's flirting with someone else. But if someone's trying to hit on me, I do not. I It's, it's not happening. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll <laughs> take that. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so once you reach the herd, just like he says, there's a couple shell walkers, and then uh, there's like the, the behemoth. So, I mean, I overrode one of the shell walkers. That drew everybody's attention. And uh, while they were fighting the shell walker, uh, which those things are pretty tough for four behemoths and another shell walker to be fighting it. It lasted longer than I expected, but while that was going on, I roped, uh, I rope casted one of the behemoths and then I overrode that. And then I used him to fight like, you know, the rest, which I mean, they're like some machines when you override them, they just get like beat up by the other machines. Yeah. But there are a few machines that if you override them, they will, they will kick the crap out of the other machines like ravagers like that. Obviously, Thunderjaws are like that. Behemoths are like that because it feels like the other behemoths have like their gravity ability on cooldown or something like that, probably to help the player. But the one that I overrode, he just over and over and over and over again kept using it. I had an experience like that, and it happens in in the next quest that we're going to talk about. Um, but I had an experience like that too, so don't let me forget. I had a machine that I did not expect just go and fight for me for the longest time. But oh, yeah. <laughs> these guys, I didn't even think about it. I put down traps and then I started fighting them. But the problem is that I was outside of their aggro zone. So as they started coming towards the traps, they then ran away. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, said, I spent all of this time putting these tripwires and traps down and you're just going to leave me. Uh, so it was easy because I just uh, cheesed it and stood outside of the, the zone and it took like two minutes i don't know it was so easy to fight them yeah i just i mean once i had the, the other behemoth on my side i just like did the things i normally do and especially when i started like you know frosting the other ones forget about it like he just tore it through him so uh that was that was easy enough but uh once all everybody's dead because you still have to kill the behemoth like you got to turn on your boy and uh you know once you kill them and get the cables you can talk to uh, Drogis and Blaga again, and they thank you for your help. And they say, "Oh, they figured out a way to be together. That they'll be together now." I, I didn't know that was a, in question, right? You know, so uh, she she says that she feels silly because uh, she she's normally more direct. And you do have the option to either take the cables back to Petra yourself, or you can take them. Oh, sorry, or you can let them take them. I allow them to take them. I know that you did too. So I don't. Yeah, I, 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 didn't want to, like, I don't want to get breathe. in the middle of that. Like I was like, you know what, you guys, you guys got this. I'm good. Bye. Yeah. So, and then the last thing, like, Bellagio says is that, well, now that they've figured everything out, their return trip will be more enjoyable. Also, another so. reason why, well, I guess I wouldn't be going on the trip with them back, but, like, also, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go back there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm pretty sure they're going to be snogging, as uh, he said earlier. Hopefully so. not in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, that, is, that, that ends that quest. And the final quest we're going to be talking about today because there is another quest in the sunset that we'll be talking about in a later episode. Uh, the, the one we're talking about today is Death from the Skies, which actually takes you back to, to Pitchcliff. But uh, actually very close to where the quest ends for um, Hammer and Steel. That's the one we just talked about. Close to that, you run into a dying man named Hockert or Hackert. Yeah, so he says that uh, Glint Hawks keep attacking Pitchcliff. And he asks to send help. And he says he's worried that his brother's going to be killed. And then he dies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, he's just kind of like, yeah, I guess he, you know, well, he did leave to try to get help, but he didn't make it far. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Aloy arrives at Pitchcliff now. Obviously, there is a campsite in Pitchcliff, so you can fast travel. 
I actually recommend not fast traveling for this one. Like, you definitely probably just want to ride up there because fighting them from the inside out kind of sucks. I went to the, I was, I thought it would be a bad idea to teleport to the town. So I teleported to the fire right out, like the campfire right outside of town. It was fine. It just puts you right in the middle of, of fighting. So you have to react like fast. It's still better because at least you were outside. Like if you come, like if you're inside for every, well, pitch cliff is super tight, you yeah. know? And then even when you're coming out of pitch cliff, the pathway is super tight. So you're better off fighting from the outside and but it's like five or six glen hawks i think it's six because i think they only travel in packs of three and uh once the fighting is done you talk to the mayor of pitchcliff robert you just flew in on a rainbow and saved our sorry slags where do you come from a man named hackard outside the village warned me traitor i ordered him to stay put i'll throw him in irons he's dead what that scorched out, filthy, rotten, dirt wad of a brother. Why didn't he listen? Why? He was worried you and the entire town would be killed. Do you have any idea what could be drawing the Glinthawks? Has anything changed that might have lured the Glinthawks? Have you left machine scrap lying around? No. Us around use our scrap, not like the Carger. They only keep the pretty parts. So the Karja have been leaving scrap around? Here? Never! If a Karja wasted scrap on my watch, I'd pick it up and make him eat it. Why do you think the Karja have anything to do with the Glinthawks? We built this outpost to protect against the Karja. Now they're coming here to trade. Fine. Their shards are as good as anyone's. But everyone knows that they want this place. Come to think of it, they want every place. But how could the Karja have brought on the Glinthawks? If I ever get a break from them, I'll see if I can spare a man to follow the trail. Guaranteed, there's a Karja at the other end. What exactly do you do here? I'm the mayor. Mostly because I was too drunk to say no when my brother asked me. Tell me where he is, and I'll lay him to rest once we get these Glinthawks to flock off. You'll find him due south of here, along the river. Damn that fool. That bung, that lunkhead. Has anyone come trying to sell lures? They're devices that attract machines. Is that real? <laughs> Is that some sort of Nora joke? I'll take that as a no. Why don't I investigate why the Glinthawks are attacking? You've got your hands full. Really? No one ever offers to help me. You, uh, any good at tracking? You could say that. All right, then. Let me know what you find. Hammer to steel, a carch is behind all this. Well, it turns out that Rollert is actually Hackert's brother. And Rollert's actually pretty pissed his brother didn't listen to him, and then he ended up dying. And uh, he's not sure what's attacking the Glint Hawks, but he's like, he knows for sure in his mind that the Karja have something to do with it. And uh, he, he also doesn't know what a machine lore is because Aloy says something about it. And he's like, did you just make that up? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like much. a lot of people don't know about it outside of the people that use it, which is why it works so well. Maybe like that might be why. Uh, so um, so he asked for your help in tracking down the problem, which, of course, you do. So Aloy, you can use your focus and find the machine lore in the batch back of Pitchcliff. Uh, now, you can also find the machine lore before you talk to Rollert. Oh. 
it's there. It's just sitting there because it's if you go before you go talk to him, if you turn on your focus, it's like blinking or it's doing the wave thing. So I did I for the sake of like the story, I didn't grab it, <laughs> even though I knew it was there. Would it uh, do something, though? Like, can you destroy it and just be like, I found this in the back? Or do you, do you have to wait to destroy it until? I think maybe she'll destroy it and then go talk to Robert. Like, this is what was causing it. Do you know where it came from? And he probably wouldn't have known. We might He might have given you a hint as to where it might have come from. Uh, but if you don't talk to him, if you don't destroy it beforehand, then you destroy it after the fact. Uh, you talk to a man named Saravad. And actually, you don't even destroy it yet. But, you know, if you go to find it after you talk to Robert, you talk to a man named Saravad, and he can't. He's trying to turn it off, but he can't. And Aloy uh, tries to get him to turn it off, and he's like, he doesn't know how to do it. So she just destroys it. And uh, it turns out he found the lore at a workshop in the Eastern Mountains, but had no idea what it was. He only took it because he was trying to find loot for rich nobles to buy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't, he had no idea it was going to call machines. He just thought it was a artifact pretty much. This guy's fun because he, uh, always tries to talk in, not like in poems. He just, he's a storyteller. So he tries to tell a grand story for everything. And Aloy's like, okay. And your point, just, just get to it. <laughs> Speed it <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, he tells you. Uh, that it's like he found it in the northern mountains and he says the path he originally took is gone because of an avalanche so Aloy is going to have to find another way so you head over to the northern mountains um, there are glint hawks ravagers on the way there's a stormbird not on the way but close I would hate like I would hate for somebody to have like drawn the stormbird only to get to the top <laughs> where there's another stormbird waiting but we'll get to that um, but uh, yeah I mean I think you can skip almost everything except the Glint Hawks, I think. I think you have to go through the Glint Hawks to get to the path that you have to do. No. Uh, so I also choose this. I do this thing where, like, if I want to go up a mountain, I kind of hop up the side, and sometimes you can <laughs> go up. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to stay on the left side of the river, because you're saying, like, right as you go up the hill, right? Yeah. Mm-mm. yeah. I stayed on the left side of the river, because um, they're on the right, and I did, like, my little bunny hops, and I actually got up the hill. Without fighting them. Oh, wow. So the, 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 you were lucky because the Stormbird was on the left side. That's why I stayed away from the left side. But I, it looked like it, the Stormbird was more in the little crevice kind of area. Right. So it was, it was, I guess, maybe a little risky, but, you know, it was still safe. That's right. fine. Better than fighting the Glint Hawks, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you do, you find it, you climb up your, the way up the mountain I forgot that there, I knew something was waiting for me up there. I, I knew there was a stormbird waiting, but I forgot there was also like long legs and a bellow back and some watches. There's a bunch of other machines. So I over, I overrode one long leg, which killed the other one for me. There are another other ones that do a good job of killing machines for you. I overrode the bellow back. So I didn't have to fight. I didn't feel like fighting a bellow back. And then a, a little further, you find a stormbird just like perched on top of the workshop that, they, that, uh, Sarabad, found and uh there's also three lures there that are set off so that happened a little differently for me uh okay (laughs) (laughs) because i got to where the bellow back was i walked around the backside and there were a couple of watchers and i was like oh let me try to did it again 
override both of these watchers. And then I overrode one and everything encroached <laughs> <laughs> on right. me. Uh, that little watcher was like the strongest thing. <laughs> he was like my ride or die. Like, uh, what, a, what a good little dude. So he helped me kill. He destroyed the other watcher. Like the other watcher I didn't even have to touch. He helped me with the, the bellow back. And then when I was running across for the other lures, I saw the Stormbird fly past me and started fighting the Watcher. Yeah. So I was like turning off all the lures and it was like destroy the Stormbird. I turned off all the lures and that went away and it was like investigate the workshop. But the Stormbird's still alive fighting this Watcher. And I was like, well, I'll go over and help. But the poor little thing was dead by the time I got there. So like the it only took like a quarter health. That's still a lot for a watcher, to be fair. Yeah. It is. So once you t- once you deactivated the lores, it told you to go check out the workshop? I think it did. Yeah. I I think the it uh, it turned the stormbird thing off. It didn't tell me to destroy it anymore. That is not how it worked for me. So I so what happened for me was that when I got into range of the stormbird, it it got up and I was about to f- like fight it, and it flew right over me and started fighting the bellow back behind me. So we had almost the same experience. Yeah, it almost it flew the like it, it fought the bellow back that was right behind me. I turned off all three lords. I was like, oh great, I'm not gonna have to fight this stormbird. And no, the next instruction was kill the stormbird. So. I actually had to drag the Stormbird back to the main area because I don't want to fight it in that enclosed space, like where the bell back and stuff was. I didn't want to fight it over there. Oh, I, I uh, didn't. Because I it's did. A, it's, a, it's a tight space. So I was like, I'm going to bring it back to the to the larger area. And when it got over there, yeah, I just rope casted it. I froze <laughs> it and I shot it. Like, <laughs> that's what I did. Rinse, watch, repeat. If it works, it works. Uh, so... And uh, that's actually, I think that's the one where I really realized how good the Lodge Ropecaster was because, I mean, I had tied down the Thunderjaws before, but the fact that I could tie down a Stormbird for like a minute, I was like, yeah, this is really nice. So, uh, but once the Stormbird is dealt with, you check out the workshop and you see it was actually Derval's workshop and he left a letter for the Osram clans because I'm assuming he's, he thought they would find it. Obviously not me. He didn't know who I was, but the letter he left was funny. Like he says, it's, it's, I'm going to just read his dearest cogs and puppets. You miserable bungs have failed to find me again. Your attempts to capture me would make me laugh. If I weren't so busy running circles around you and your so-called intelligence gathering, just give up or Betty it, kill yourselves and save me the effort. You worthless slags. Never yours. Derval. <laughs> Dude, he talks so much crap but the, what what has he built like all i've seen so far are these machine lures yeah like he has the machine lures and I mean, he's supposed to be this like he did make a recording device out of probably old world tech he did make that special like weapon that you know incapacitated everybody except you uh you know so he didn't make that stuff but that's why I hope he lives. Like I hope he's in, he's in uh, uh, Forbidden West. But like I just I just like it. It's like ah, uh, you know, he just leave it. Uh, he he cared enough to leave a letter <laughs> teasing. That's what he did. He cared enough to leave a letter teasing, which I thought was funny. I just think Petra's done so much more than him. That's all. Like when I met her, I was like, oh, she's who Derval wishes he was. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you do get to use her tech. So that's that's good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Aloy heads back to Pitchcliff to let Rollert know that the lords were dealt with and 
He's like, oh, you went above and beyond. Um, he wanted to spit and shake her hand. Actually, I think he says everybody else wanted to spit and shake her hand. But she's just like, you know, that, that's a thank you. <laughs> and then the, the, the quest is over. I, so. I really liked him, too. I think my favorite part about this interaction was uh, Aloy asks about his role. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the mayor, but that's because I was too drunk to say no when my brother asked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that, like, when you first tell him about Hackett and that, like, Hackett's the one who told you, he's like, oh, I'm going to put him in chains. And then after you tell him that he's dead, that's when you find out he's his brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or I also but, like the fact that Aloy didn't specifically tell him that Akarja was behind the lore because she knew that it would cause problems. That Akarja was behind the lore. Was Saravad Karja? I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Oh, because of I the clothes notice. he was wearing, the way that he was talking. I think he, because he wasn't there, he left and then came back. That to is see true. the lore. To see two, that, what the items that he got, you know. That is true. I did forget about that. Like, I, I did not pay attention to his clothes. I'm actually pulling up the video now. Also, I feel like if it was Osaram, Aloy would be like, no, it was an Osaram person. Yeah, he's Instead. wearing... He, He's wearing Karja garb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have avoided telling him that it was one of his guys if it wasn't yeah. a Karja. There's not enough leather on him for him to be awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just not wearing like really ridiculous Karja stuff. And also, the way that he was speaking was more like in a not as upfront and as rough as an Osiran would be speaking. That is true. That is true. That's a lot. I didn't notice any of that. He was just annoying me. <laughs> so, <laughs> good point. Good point. So he was right. It was a card behind it. Mm -hmm. There you go. So, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's all the side quests we're going to talk about for now. Uh, we'll talk about another one a little later and we'll, we'll explain why then. But um, yeah, like on our next episode, like that's all the side quests in the game, obviously minus one and not the DLC. Uh, so from here on out, we're going to be covering just the rest of the main story quest going forward until the end of the game. So, uh, Christina, you know, I'm about to ask you. I, I'm glad that these few quests were the last ones that I had to clean up because they were really fast. I, I feel like there wasn't any quest. I did do the quest that we did not talk about. Uh, also last, and that one took forever for other reasons, but like. It, they're really nice, fun little free heap was a really fun area. I actually really enjoyed that whole area and that little story that they put together with it. Uh, and I really right. love all of the tough, awesome women that they keep putting around in these positions, too. I'm like, yeah, it feels awesome. So, yeah, I, I would say these these side quests have been enjoyable. It's definitely more enjoyable talking to Asaram yes. than it is talking to Karja. I just don't like the way the Osram areas look. I just, they just, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, every Osram interaction that I had, like, uh, Jira, she calls you Little Spark. That's so cute. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. I think Petra calls you Flame Hair or something the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she calls you Flame Hair. Yeah. <laughs> so they just, they just made these characters, even the side quest characters, just so enjoyable and not just the ones that you see in big quests, like even ones that you see in small errands. So, and uh, Jira's husband, he was really funny. 
Like, I really did like him, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even though I don't remember yeah. his name. Yeah, the, the Gira quest was a little bit better because you didn't, you weren't in Asaram areas. Like, you were in right. nice-looking areas when you talked to them. So, it was a nice little break there. But, but uh, yeah, so... We're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And if you want to keep what's going on with this show and mash those buttons in general, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the mash network. And you can also, uh, well, actually, where can they find you, Christina? You can find me at s'mores pop tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also a host on another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, where I talk about Final Fantasy 14 content with my other two awesome co-hosts. So come hang out. We're pretty cool. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus. You can also find me on Twitch TV slash Mashles Button Streaming sometimes. And uh, like I mentioned before, we love to hear your comments and questions. So please join us at mash.gg slash discord and, you know, talk to us about Horizon Zero Dawn or the show. We have a bunch of other Discord channels and communities there as well, so uh, we love to have you there. And uh, like I said, you know, you can reach out to us with comments and questions on the Discord, or you can uh, tweet at us on Twitter, or you can email us at contact@mash.gg. And if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can do so on mtb.gg/support. And you can see all the ways uh, you can support Mash's button, including uh, Patreon, uh, their Teespring store, uh, their the Twitch subscriptions you can get, and uh, Humble Bundle affiliate links, and one-time PayPal donation link as well. And I encourage you guys, or I would encourage everybody to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash's buttons. And with that, we are done for this episode. We will see you next episode in the Norrlands. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 